Okay, we are in Sefer Yishayahu, Perek Chaf, Pasuk Aleph, Bishnas Ba Tartan Ashtoga. So, unlike, unlike Perek um, Yudches, which was Go Gumago, and unlike Yudches, which we learned yesterday, which was a continuation of the messianic days when Yisrael, Ashur, and Mitzrayim would make a peace coalition among themselves that would acknowledge the supremacy of the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Uh, everyone would speak Hebrew. Uh, it would be a truly messianic vision of the world coming together under one creator. But unlike that, Perikhov today has a very specific timeline. We know when Yeshayahu gets it, we know when it's carried out. But let's just put it in perspective. It's done at the time immediately after Sancheriv, the king of Ashur, has exiled the ten tribes. The northern kingdom has been sent, scattered through the Assyrian Empire, which at that time was really the whole known world, because what Sancheriv, as we learned, had a policy of Bilbo Ha'amim. He would take the conquered um, indigenous people of the lands that he had conquered and spread them out. He would take them to far-off provinces, which make sense politically because it certainly reduced any chance of a rebellion if they're not there, if they're thousands of miles away from home. So now Sancheirov had turned his attention to Judea. He captured most of Judea after that. Um, the cities, the terrain, with the one prize so far eluding him, being Yerushalayim. He had everything, but Yerushalayim was the grand prize. Now he's turned his attention to Yerushalayim. And desperate people in Yerushalayim, certain segments of the population, ran to make a treaty with um, Mitzrayim and with Cush, uh, which we call Ethiopia. And the Kaddish world was furious. Yeshayahu was furious. How dare they put their faith in Mitzrayim? They're going to make a coalition to defend them. They're going to depend on that. And so the Neviah, the prophecy, is against these people who have so little faith in the Kaddish Baruch Now, before Sancheirut can get to Yerushalayim, he is distracted deliberately by a rebellion, a rebellion in Cush, where he has to stop his forward march to Yerushalayim, divert his entire troops to suppress this rebellion. But it shows you the obsession Sancheirut has, because as we learned in Malachim Bey's Perakutes, when he gets the message uh, that he's going to Cush, the first thing he does is he sends um, a message to Hizkiyahu in Yerushalayim. And it says, Kosamun el Hizkiyahu melech Yehuda lemor, al yashiecha elohecha asher atabotecha, 
Don't think your Kaddish Baruch Hu is going to save you. Telling you Yerushalayim will not fall into the hands of Ashur. He's letting him know, you're not off the hook. And he cannot resist adding the ridicule to the Kaddish Baruch Hu. You have heard, continues Sancheir, how I've conquered every known land in the world, in the known world at that time. You're not going to triumph. Will they are the gods who couldn't save Gozon? He lists Karan, Varetzef, and he gives a list of his conquests. Ayo, Melech Hamas, Melech Arpad, Melech Leus, Ranayim, Hineve Eva. In other words, you can't win. If I could defeat these gods, you don't think I could defeat yours? Hizkio, as we remember, calls for Yeshayahu, who calls down for Hashem. Hashem says to him, do not worry, you are going to triumph. So now one question remains. Why did the Kaddish who have to do it? We know there's going to be a tremendous nace with Sancheru, where his entire army dies without a shot being fired outside the gates of Yerushalayim. Why does he defer it? Why go through this interruption in, in Kush? And the Radak is a very interesting parish. Radak says there's two ways to do it. You can be mamaid a nace, minimize it, or you can maximize the nace. Here, what the Kaddish Baruch is doing is maximizing the nace. He wants Sanchereb will capture an immense amount of treasure, of booty, of um, money and gold and silver. Who is going to get this? Israel is going to get the benefit of Sanchereb's diversion uh, to Kush. So you are being the Farnes the Nase, you're being Megadelet. An example the Radak gives of minimizing the Nase is at the Yamsuf, where the uh, Bnei Yisrael crosses the uh, Red Sea, that it says in the Torah that a large wind came out of the east. In other words, you could possibly interpret it as saying, um, this is what divided the, the, Red, uh, the Red Sea. Or Gidon, as an example. Gidon reduces his army to 300 men and then conquers Midian again without a shot being fired. So you can, in the Mayatan Nase, you can be Megadel. And that's what the Kaddish Baruch is doing here. So again, to set the stage, Sancheriv is now almost on his way to Yerushalayim. B'nai Yisrael, or the people of Yehuda, has made a treaty with Mitzrayim, begging them in a mutual defense pact, which the Kaddish Baruch Hu, Kavayocho, is furious at them for this just gross lack of faith. So we begin, Perichot Pasek Aleph, Bishnaspa Tartan Ashtodna Bishloach Sardon. This is the year, and this seemingly is a, a irrelevant fact, but it's not. Tartan, general of Sanchever, goes to Ashtod, Bishloach so Sargon, Melech Ashur. Sargon is considered maybe the, the father of Sanchever or the predecessor of Sanchever. Some say the Gemara says Sanchever had nine names. Sargon is one of them. So they do a battle. 
They conquer Ashdod, which is in Philistine territory. I think, or the Mephoshim, I think, the significance is in that it sends a message to Mitzrayim that here, if they're going to defeat, uh, they're going to defeat Ashdod, they're next Mitzrayim, and Mitzrayim may be no match for them. Continues. Who now speaks to Yahu. We're in that period which is three years uh, after the uh, exile of the ten tribes, but right before the cap, the attempted attack on Yerushalayim. So we know just when it is. He speaks to Yeshayahu, ben Amotz Leymar, Leh upatakta hasak me'al mosnecha, Go, pitakta, open up, expose the sackcloth you're wearing around your loins. Take your shoes off your feet. Uh, In other words, signs of Avelis. And go naked, and barefoot. So what we have here, the Mephoshim first explained is that on a realistic level, Yeshayot may have been wearing sackcloth under his clothes uh, after the exile of the, the Ten Shratim. On the other hand, uh, it may not be, as we're going to see, a literal command. Take off your shoes uh, and walk naked. They certainly, you know, it's good. maybe you want to say, wear clothes of mourning when you deliver this Nebuah. And we're going into an area of what we call visuals, that Navis are sometimes commanded to do. The most famous, I remember, is Hosea is told, and we're going to learn it, to take a woman to marry her who is a prostitute, a harlot, have children with her, the children will die, and therefore you will startle B'nai Yisrael into a message that the Kaddish Baruch is in relation to his uh, Am Yisrael, who have prostituted themselves, and now the children of that relationship are doomed. Uh, some, including the Radak, say, do not take this literally. Um, Hashem, and I'm going to read this to you, the Radak says, Kain Shema B'mara HaNaviyah, this Nebua, um is not real. You do not interpret this as you hear it. That he would command a Navi to go naked and shoeless and, and without clothes, uh, but just mourning clothes, it is an affront to the dignity of a Navi Hashem. As we just said, in other words, there's another example to Yecheskel where he commands him, cut your hair, take a razor and go bald. The Chain Shamari gives another example. In other words, that these visuals are just that. They are visuals meant if taken literally to startle. To, but, but they can't be, says the Radak. Navi would not be commanded by the Kaddish Baruch to do that. 
Ela hakol b'mare The Navi sees this in his vision that he is being told to do it, and he does it in his vision. Yes, he sees it, but he is not to do it literally. Rambam agrees as well and says that yes, this is merely part of the chazon within the chazon. It is not meant to be literally. The Navi doesn't marry a prostitute. The Navi doesn't shave himself bald. The Navi doesn't, um, as here, go naked and for around the country uh, to startle the people into tshuva. It's a concept, not a direct visual. Abarmanel explodes. The Abarmanel says, nonsense, the Rambam is wrong. This is real, this is literal, etc. And the Rambam is making a terrible mistake with this. So either way, a visual, dentist startle, or a concept, a Navi within a Navi. Um, in any account, Vayomer Hashem Kasher Halach Avdi Yishayahu, and now Kodesh Baruch says, like my Eved Yishayahu goes around the Yochov, Shlosh Shonim will go for three years uh, naked, Osfamo face on Mitzrayim Ba'al Kush. This will be a sign to Mitzrayim Ba'al Kush, which you, the people of Judea, have so wrongfully put your faith in Emunah in instead of the Kodesh Baruch Moreover, notice the Lashem Avdi, he refers to Yeshayahu as Avdi. I believe there are only six, seven people, the Gemara tells us, that are called Eved Hashem, of course. Um, Moshe, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Kalev, interestingly, uh, David, and now Yeshayahu gets that august title. Um, this will send a message to the king of Ethiopia, the king of Egypt, that you will end up going naked and barefoot. You will be exposed, your buttocks, literally, if Mitzrayim will be exposed, you will be humiliated, your private parts when you are taken as captives. The Chitu Uboshimi Kushmi Batam will be Mitzrayim Tifartam. And so B'nai Yisrael will be embarrassed because that they had put Kush as for their security and the Mitzrayim Tifartam, the, the glory of Mitzrayim. In other words, he's saying that they were even more awed by Egypt, which was one of the great empires of the time, their glory, and this is what they put their faith in. And the people of this island, a rare usage of the term, Ha'ai is an island. Why is Yerushalayim being described as an island? Really because it's surrounded by enemies who hate it. And so nothing much has changed, but that's why it's, it is like surrounded as an island, Ha'zeh. Ba'yom ha'hu, hinei kol mi'botnei asher nishnu sham surei Sorry, 
And therefore, you will see, the people of this island will see how wrong, how silly, how stupid they were to put all their faith into Mitzrayim, which is now going to flee before the Kaddish Baruch Hu, and to put their for help in terms of Ashur. And so we see, of course, that that alliance is broken up, the miracle is accomplished, Ashur is defeated, Mitzrayim is defeated, a prophecy that not only do we know when it was given, when it began, we also know the result. Tomorrow, near Hashem, another prophecy directed against another nation that had been a perennial oppressor of B'nai Israel. Atkan.